worship camp to help teach songs and to teach songwriting and teach on worship and worship leading to these children. And you wouldn't believe the amount of talent they have, but what was even more stunning was their faith, was how in love with Jesus they were, how thankful for the life that Jesus had given them. And on the last day of this worship camp, we had one more songwriting session. 
and I'm sitting in the room just kind of waiting for us to begin. And I start to notice that more and more children keep coming into the room. And normally in a songwriting session, there's maybe three or four people in a room. So I thought to myself, it looks like there's 10 or 12 kids here. How in the world are we gonna write a song? And then I just sensed the Lord say to me, Lauren, just begin with worship. Just start there. If you don't write a song, that's okay. Just spend time with me. And so that's what we did that day. We just began to worship in that room all the way in Uganda, Africa. And out of that time of worship came a song of worship. And this song is called Glory to the One. And the children who helped write this song, they've experienced pain in their lives. Most of them were orphaned at really young ages. They've experienced loss. But here they were. We could have written a song about anything that day, but, but here we were just writing a song giving all glory to God. Yeah, that's great. Giving glory to God as the creator, as the faithful one, as the savior, as the one who saved our souls. And we're gonna sing that song right here and now. It's a high praise song. Giving glory and honor
of your great mercy, God. We stand in assurance of your love for us. We stand in the assurance that your declaration over us as your sons, as your daughters, is a forever declaration. We breathe you in, Holy Spirit, today. Like a desert would soak in the rain, like a dry sponge would soak in any moisture. Oh God, we soak you in today, receiving from you all that you are, that you freely give us yourself. Can it really be true that you love us this much? Can it really be true that we are saved? Yes, it is true. <laughs> and we celebrate that this morning. Church, it's so good to be together. Isn't it so good to be in the presence of God together? There's no substitute or replacement for these kind of moments in our week where we just remember that we've been invited into the great assurance of who God is to us. It can never change. 
right? There's so much about our lives that is uncertain, that can shake, that can be destroyed. But we have a God who is the firm foundation. Forever he will reign as our God and our King, the great lover of our soul. Yeah, come on, he's so good. You know, I was, I was laughing at myself first service because during this song, after the song, I was supposed to come up, but I was so overwhelmed by who God was, I completely forgot, right? Everybody, get up there, get up there. Well, it's just the kind of morning this is uh, today that God is with us, overwhelming us. As we get ready to give, as always, there's four ways to give. You guys know, know this. But I'm thinking about how we give away what God gives to us, not just financially. You think of 2 Corinthians, the same comfort we receive from God, we then get to go give away individually and collectively. As we give, it's first and foremost about worship, but it's also about taking what we experience of God and giving it freely away to people in our city that feel alone, that feel afraid, that don't feel comfort in any way. We bless them, right? We bless the people that feel forgotten that aren't forgotten through the strength of this place. So let's pray to that end, church. God, we thank you for your great love, that we stand on a firm foundation that is you. And Lord, we wanna take that strong love, that undying love and share it with the world. So God, as we give, will you provoke us to generosity? Will you make your name famous on the earth? Will you make your name famous among the hurting and the broken? Will you make your name famous among us? God, we need you. So will you be well pleased in our offerings this morning? We wanna offer not just our finances, but our lives to you. All that we are for all that you are, Jesus. We give you praise. Church, let's continue to worship God together.
love is church. And I said this in the last service, but even as worship leaders, we come hungry for the presence of God. I come expectant for the spirit of God to move. Amen. Amen. Well, church, we're not done yet. We're gonna open the word of God together. But before we do, why don't you greet someone around you? Tell them hello. Tell them good morning. Good morning. I'm Becky. We're so glad you're here with us today at New Life North. My name is Briggs. If you're new here and you're wondering what ministries New Life Church offers, you can scan the QR code or click the link below. And if you're watching on Facebook or YouTube, be sure and make a comment and let us know where you're watching from. Yes. Grab your Bible, grab a pen, grab a notebook, grab your favorite coffee. It's time to lean in and hear an amazing message. Good morning. How are you? You doing okay? Today's like a national holiday, opening day of the NFL season. Come on. It's okay to be happy about that. This is going to be our year this year, right? <laughs> You're the worst fans, everybody. You say, I don't care who your team is, you got to have a little hope, right? We got some Bronco fans here. There was, yeah, I saw some, yeah, you got a couple, we got one at least. I see some orange over here. When they start winning, here's, here's what I've realized about Colorado. If they win, it, it gets more and more orange every Sunday. But the real fans are wearing orange today. So I just wanna say, commend you for that, right? We don't know if they're gonna be good or bad. And I'm a Cowboys and a Broncos fan, so you know, I cheer for everybody. All right. Anyway, good to have all of you. I wanna remind you that coming up in October, we are going to have water baptism. And I just felt this morning, even as we were worshiping together, uh, we have about 18,000 people that watch locally online. That's amazing, right? There's a lot of people in town that are watching right now, either on KRDO or live online. And I just felt there are many of you that are watching that have said yes to Jesus. First of all, we'd love to invite you to be here in person. We're, we're a fairly normal bunch of people. We'd love to see you. And secondly, some of you need to take the big step and get water baptized. Some of you sitting in the room have said yes to Jesus and your next step is to go into the waters of baptism. That's gonna happen on October the 15th in the 9 a.m. and the 11 a.m. service. It's a big deal, it's a raucous party. We celebrate, we cheer for you, bring your family, your friends, and be, let us be a part of what God is doing uh, in you. So go, on, go online, newlifechurch.org, you can sign up there. <clears throat> One more thing. This week I was with a group of pastors and they were all, all of these pastors are from uh, Denver area, other places, not from Colorado Springs, but they all said the same thing, that they are concerned that their church is losing men. Men are no longer coming to church the way they once did. And they said, are you seeing that, Pastor Brady? I went, no, I'm not seeing that at all. And I just wanna say this, I don't take that for granted. And I wanna commend the men in this church for showing up, bringing your family and friends, and for being godly examples. I just am so thankful for that. And of course, you know, I, I love that, you know, the, the women get their praise as well, but I just want to single out today, strong, godly men. I, I, I was thinking this week of how many men in this church 
that I admire. I admire you, I look up to you, I listen to you, I'm paying attention to the way you're leading your life, and I just wanna say thank you so much for being an example to me and to my family and to the rest of our church. So God bless that, amen? All right, turn in your Bible to 1 Kings 9 and go to Luke chapter nine. We're gonna show, I'm gonna show you that these two passages actually speak or speaking the same thing to us in 1 Kings 9 and in Luke chapter nine, the words of Jesus. So um, I don't know where he is sitting today, so I, I, I don't, and I don't want to embarrass him, but one of my heroes is sitting in the room, I think, somebody that has shaped my life. I've read everything he's ever written. He's a legend. Uh, is, where's Philip Yancey? Would you just stand up? Is Philip, where is he? Raise your hand. There you are, right there, I see you. Philip, we love you. I respect you. I'm so honored. Uh, actually, I'm super nervous to preach in front of Philip Yancey, just, just a, a legend, a thinker, a scholar, a godly man. In fact, when I, when I made the title of this sermon, I thought of you. Uh, and the title of this message is A Long Obedience in the Same Direction. A Long Obedience in the Same Direction. That's the way, those are the words that Eugene Peterson taught me that I, that I when I spent some time with him, he says, the essence of discipleship, the essence of following Jesus is a long obedience in the same direction. In other words, waking up every day with my mind made up that I'm going to follow Jesus today. That Jesus is going to be the center of it all today. Over it all, the center of it all, Jesus is the reason that I'm living my life the way I'm living my life. That's the essence of what I wanna to talk to you about. And we're in 1 Kings chapter nine, God comes to King Solomon. And we're in a series right now through the book of 1 Kings. And the, the story is about to take a tragic turn. If you've read through 1 Kings before, you know chapter eight and chapter nine are kind of the highlights. And after nine, 10, 11, it starts going south really quickly. And I believe that God in his mercy has come in this scene that we're about to read. And he's trying to talk to Solomon. He's trying to reach Solomon. He's pursuing Solomon. He's, he's, in, he's imploring Solomon to follow the ways of God. And I, you, know, you can almost hear God say, Solomon, I really want to bless you. Solomon, you can't imagine how much blessing I want to pour out on you, how much I want to put my hands on your life and guide you and strengthen you, and yet I see your heart wandering away from me, drifting away from the, the statutes and precepts that I gave your father, that I gave Abraham, and, and I gave all of the leaders before you. I, I said the same thing to Abraham that I'm saying to you. First Kings chapter nine, verse four, this is God speaking to Solomon. He says, if you walk before me as your father walked, in integrity of heart and in uprightness. Leave that up just for a moment. I want you to catch this because this is a common theme in scripture. God is an inside out God. God is concerned about our outward behavior, but that's not his primary concern. He, in other words, he wants us to be good, not bad, kind, not mean. It, it, all those behaviors are certainly biblical and godly. But he knows, God knows this about the human condition. Our outward performance is never better than our inward purity. So God's always trying to reach deep into the recesses of our heart. 
He's trying to change something on the inside. He's trying to get into our mind and our will and our emotions, our thinking. He's trying to capture our minds and hearts. He knows that if he can get control of that, that our words, our actions, our habits, our behaviors will begin to look like the inner workings of our heart. So notice here that God is coming to Solomon. Now at this point in the story, Solomon is already marrying women that God told him not to marry. I think he ended up with like 900 wives and girlfriends. And can you imagine the birthdays and anniversaries you have to remember? It's like three a day. He's already in trouble, guys. Everybody in the room knows this. I have a hard time remembering two birthday and anniversary. He's got 900. And so he's already making decisions that are, that's causing his heart to drift away from God. He's already allowing foreign gods to be worshiped in the land of Israel. Huge no-no. God doesn't want the idols. He's already seeing idols being built on holy places. He says, I'm, I'm, he said, I'm concerned about your integrity and about your uprightness and, and to do according to all that I have commanded you. And if you keep my statutes and my judgments, I will establish the throne of your kingdom over Israel forever. As I promised David, your father, saying you shall not fail to have a man on the throne of Israel. But if you are your sons at all, turn from following me and do not keep my commandments and my statutes, which I've set before you, but go and serve other gods and worship them. He says, then I will cut off Israel from the land. Listen, stop just a moment. This is not just a spiritual thing. This is a practical thing. You know what happens on land? Crops are sown, cattle are raised, and water is found. Crops, cattle, and water all require land. And he's saying, listen, I'm, we're not talking just about your spiritual problem here. I'm talking about your, your family flourishing. I'm talking about the nation flourishing. He says, I will cut off Israel from the land which I have given them. And this house which I have consecrated for my name, I will cast out of my sight. Israel will be a proverb and a byword among all peoples. What a sobering thing. And I can almost hear the Lord speaking to us today as his church. Here we are in 2023. This is our moment in history. This is our moment in the human story, the, the story of the planet Earth. We are now the central figures in this story that's being told today. And the Lord has come to me on numerous times in these last five years, especially, and said, Brady, do not turn your eyes toward worthless idols. Keep your eyes fixed on the person of Jesus. I'm not ignoring social condition. I'm not ignoring the headlines of the paper. I'm very concerned about most of the things you're concerned about. I know, but I know that my primary purpose for you and for me is to make sure that our eyes and our worship and our attention, our primary love stays directed toward the author and the perfecter of our faith. Who is the one who can carry us? Who's the one who can guide us, who can direct us and skillfully take us by the hand and lead us through the valley of shadow of death because we will fear no evil because he is with us, amen? amen? So let me ask you a question today. Have you ever been around a really mature Christ follower? I mean, someone, I was around someone like that this week and I noticed that they're, they're, the way they talk the way they smiled, the radiance of their face, the wisdom of their words. There's just something different about someone who knows Jesus, someone who loves Jesus, someone who has kept their heart clean, kept their soul clean. I'm just talking about someone 
that, that may not impress you with their resume, but they impress you with the presence of God on their life. They may not be rich or famous or known. They may not even be considered an intellectual in their field, but there's something about their life that you want. So how do you think, here's the second question, how do you think their lives ended up so blessed and strong? How did that happen? So I'm going now to take the story of Solomon whose heart is already drifting away from God. Solomon has already made critical decisions that are about to lead Israel down a path of ruin. Israel is about to go into a path of destruction that will end up with them being exiled, forsaken and forgotten, just as God warns him. So Jesus now is, uh, in Luke chapter nine is having this intimate moment, this friend to friend moment with his 12 disciples. And I love verse 18 of Luke nine, he says, once when Jesus was praying in private and his disciples were with him. Let me ask you a question. How much money would you give to be in that moment? To be with Jesus in a, in a quiet setting, listening to him pray to the Father in heaven. Now, I, I wanna stop here for a moment. I wanna encourage the parents in the room for, and grandparents too. I want you to get into a habit of putting your hands on your children, not out of anger, but out of prayer, and praying out loud over them. Listen, moms and dads, you got a teenager that you can't connect with, you don't know what to say to them, and you get growls back when you do say something to them. Here's what I did with my kids when they were 12, 13, 14. I, did, I started this when they were babies, but especially as they begin to go into their 12, 13, 14, 15, 16 years, I'd get the same growls. It's like a, a mad cat. Every time I would talk to them, they'd hiss back at me. So instead of trying to argue or trying to talk my way into their world, I would say, hey, before you leave today, let me pray over you. And I began to I lay hands and I didn't use my prayers as correction. Father in heaven, help this rebellious child. That's not the way I prayed. <laughs> what I did is I lay hands on them and blessed them. Father, thank you that th these children are a gift from the Lord. Father, I thank you that they were fearfully and wonderfully made. Thank you, Lord, that they are a temple of the Holy Spirit. Thank you that you have gifts and callings and assignments on their life. And Father, today as they go out into their school or wherever they were going that day, wherever, I, I pray they would know your presence, that they would bump into the goodness of the Lord all day long, that they would feel blessed and not cursed. And I pray it in the name of Jesus. I prayed that over them out loud all the time. My son is now almost 25, my daughter's almost 23. They're grown-ups. I still do it today when they're at my house. Hey, before you leave, come here. Father in heaven, they're grown-ups. Thank God they're gone. But Lord, I pray blessing. <laughs> Don't say that. I pray the same prayer. Listen, this is what Jesus did. This is how Jesus shaped these men. He let them hear his prayers. So parents, if you, if you want to stay connected to your children, do it through the language of prayer, the language of blessing, the language of laying on of hands. Grandparents, you, you will be the hero grandparent if you learn to pray out loud over your children. And so let me, I know I got diverted there, chase a rabbit, but it was worth chasing. So, so he says, he asked these disciples, who do the crowds Say that I am. This is a pivotal moment. This story is also told in John chapter six, if you wanna read another version of this story. Because it says that when he asked this question and he got the answer that in John, 
It says that crowds of people heard this and walked away from following Jesus. This is how critical this moment is. And it's the, it's the same moment that Solomon was having with God. God was coming to Solomon and saying, will you follow me? Jesus in this moment is asking his 12 disciples, will you follow me? Who do you say, who do they say I am? He says, they replied, some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, uh, still others that one of the prophets of long ago has come back to life. That was the buzz, the rumor, that was on social media back in the day, who is this guy? And God, Jesus said, no, 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 who do you, what about you? Now, can you imagine this? This is the moment where his 12 disciples are looking at him. They have seen him do miracles at this point. He has raised the dead in front of them. He's laid hands on the sick and seen people healed. He's called down principalities and authorities in front of him. He has shown himself to be Messiah, powerful God. He said, what about you? And Peter, in a moment, says very clearly, he says, the Christ of God. Now, I think later on when, when Jesus said, you are Peter and on this rock I will build my church, I think the reason Peter got that designation as the person and the character by which I'm gonna build my church was because Peter was the first one to out loud say, you are Christ, you're the Messiah. He says, on people like that, I'm gonna build my church. On people that will confess my lordship, who will make me primary, I will build my church. Here we are in 2023 and God is still building his church on people who believe Christ is risen, Christ is king and Christ is Lord. And so I wanna give you four directions. Remember the title of the message is a long obedience in the same direction. So what direction am I talking about? Here's direction number one. It's a people who end up mature and blessed and strong are people who have a relentless pursuit of knowing Jesus. I'm talking about talking about Jesus, reading about Jesus, listening to Jesus, following Jesus, everything. When you're around somebody, people that love Jesus are gonna end up talking to you about Jesus. I'm around a lot of Christians that never talk about Jesus. He's the reason I'm born again. He's the reason I am free. He's the reason I've been adopted into his family. Jesus is the hero of the story. All the story. Jesus is the central hero of all the Bible. Solomon's not the hero. Elijah is not the hero. Elisha is a hero, but not the hero. King David was heroic, but he's not the hero of the story. The whole purpose of scripture is to point us to Jesus. And I'm talking about a church that when we walk out of here, we're not walking out of this room today talking about the new song we sang or whatever is happening. We're walking out of here as a people that have been commissioned by Jesus to carry his good news back out into the world. That's who we're thinking about when we leave the service. It's one of the reasons that we come to the table of the Lord every single Sunday. You know why I do that? Let me give you one reason. I got 10 reasons, let me give you one. I know this. Not every message I give is that brilliant and that amazing. And sometimes it's gonna be a single up the middle, not a home run, I get that, all right? I, I, it's a huge pressure, but I get it. Even if the sermon's bad, even if the singing's terrible, we come to the table of the Lord at the end and everything else gets redeemed. And the last thing we're talking about when we walk out of this room 
is the person of Jesus. Listen, that's the church I want to pastor. That's the people I want to be around. That's the kind of man I want to become. I, I want to be in a relentless conversation, a relentless pursuit of Jesus. I'm not talking about anyone else but Jesus. Somebody say amen, I'll move on here. All right, here, okay, go with back to verse 22 because Jesus continues talking and saying other things. He says, and he said, the son of man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders, the chief priests, and the teachers of the law. So he said, listen, the, ch the church as it stands today is going to reject me. The religious leaders of this day are going to reject me. And he says, and he must be killed and on the third day be raised alive. So he's telling his disciples what to expect. He's telling them, listen, in the future, this is what's going to happen. And then he said to them all, if anyone would come after me, all right, this is where it gets edgy, guys. What I'm about to tell you is about to get real. In fact, in John, it says that when he says this, that's when the crowds left him, when he says what I'm about to read to you. He says, if anyone would come after me, in other words, if you're going to pursue Jesus, let me tell you what that means. He must deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me with conviction and calling. For whoever wants to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for me will save it. And what good is it for someone to gain the whole world and yet lose or forfeit their very self? Other translation says lose their very Soul. So here's the second direction. The first direction is Jesus' center. The second direction is embracing a daily denial of self. I'm talking about, I'm, I'm gonna say something that's going to be wildly unpopular. And I, but I say this to myself every day. I and you, we are not the center of the universe. Let it drift over, <laughs> let it soak in. Come on, we gotta start believing it at some point. I, I just read this recent report that Gen Z, the, 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 they asked, what do you want out of life? Number one on the list, you know what they want out of life? Number one, to be famous. And they're working hard at it, guys, I'm telling you. I've never seen a generation run after fame so hard. It's a selfie generation, I, I, and people my age are no better. We, we are just as bad. The selfie generation, we, we are consumed with ourselves. Listen, we have to empty ourselves of ourselves every single day. Here's what Paul said. Paul, a brilliant thinker, a, he was a scholar, knew multiple languages, always the smartest guy in the room. This is what Paul says. Paul says, I have been crucified with Christ and I no longer live, but then the good news is, but Christ lives in me. This is what that means to empty ourselves of ourselves. Listen, this is why, why is that so critical? We must constantly untangle ourselves from this consumer culture that robs our faith and contaminates our souls. Everything is not for our benefit. I don't deserve everything they tell me I deserve on commercials. My pet does not deserve better food than me. <laughs> Are you seeing dog food? The dog food commercials are driving me nuts right now. It's better food than I'm eating. 
vegetables and meat organically packaged, brought to your door for your dog? I'm not eating that good. Listen, this is, this is what happens though. We come to a place, if you're following Jesus, at some point you have to take up a cross and follow him. You know what that cross was? A cross was a symbol of shame. Only the most vile of criminals were executed on the cross. In other words, to take up that cross and to follow Jesus means I'm gonna shoulder part of the burden with you, God. I'm here to serve. I'm here to give myself away for your sake, not mine. I'm here to be a blessing. This is what this means. I'm here to give away what God has put in my hand. I'm here to use my gifts, skills, and abilities to bless the people around me. I'm here to make life better for other people. I'm here to serve the widow, the orphan, and the poor. I'm here to spend myself on behalf of what pleases God. Nobody's talking about those things anymore. That's Christianity 101 though, right? I'm here, the world doesn't belong to me and doesn't owe me anything. What I have is an indispensable gift of grace. I'm swimming in oceans of grace and it's my responsibility to pour buckets of that on the people that I meet because I've got more than I'll ever spend. More goodness has been given to me than I ever deserved. And so when I'm around other people, spill goodness on them, bless them. Thank you for the shouts. All right, verse 26. <laughs> it gets better, okay? I know that's hard to hear that. It's hard for me to say it to myself, okay? So I can imagine what you're feeling. Thanks a lot, Brady. All right, verse 26. If anyone is ashamed of me and my words, the Son of Man will be ashamed of him when he comes in his glory and in the glory of the Father and of the holy angels. Now, this is, a, this is where it gets re very real. Remember, movement number one, direction number one is Jesus is the center. Direction number two, if that's true, if number one is true, then number two means I start dying to myself, which leads me to direction number three, a willingness to follow Jesus anywhere, anytime, to do what he says no matter the cost. I'm talking about radical obedience. Whatever you say, Lord, Pam and I had that moment when we moved here 16 years ago. I don't know if you realize I had a swimming pool in my backyard in Texas. I had a nice life. And I mean, we had just, it's the first time we'd ever had a house with a pool. We had two small kids. We were in paradise, not a very expensive house and not a very expensive pool, quite honestly. It leaked everywhere, but it was a pool. It was a water. And I remember that's where the Lord spoke to me about Colorado. He goes, you're leaving all this. I'm taking you to, then when he said Colorado, I didn't complain too bad, okay? Let me just clarify that my land has fallen in pleasant places when I moved to Colorado. So I think the Lord loves me actually for rescuing me from Dallas-Fort Worth. It's like 149 there today, all right? So I'm not complaining. I'm just saying there's a moment in all of our lives where you're going to be asked to be radically obedient. It may only happen two or three times in your life, but there will be a moment in every person's life who follows Jesus where you have to say yes to something that kind of scares you. That may not even make sense to the people around you, but you have to say yes to the Lord. To follow Jesus, and listen very carefully what you're saying yes to though, to follow Jesus is to move many times in the opposite direction of the world. Let me just give you this picture, okay? There was a time where there was a stream flowing this way and a stream flowing this way, 
This was the ways of the world, and this was the ways of God. For the last 25 years, most Christ followers have had a foot in both streams. Loving Jesus, I'm not denying your faith, but having just enough worldliness to, to make things go right for yourself. In other words, you could compromise some of those things and not get swept away by either river, but that's changed in the last five years. I believe the current of sin and the current of darkness is, is a torrent. It is a raging, flooded river right now, and it's not going to subside anytime soon. But the good news is the current of God is sweeping through the land right now. I'm hearing radical salvation stories, baptism stories, miracles breaking out all over the world. But here's the news. All of us have to decide now which place we're going to dive into because putting your foot in both streams is no longer an option. Compromise is no longer an option. Half-heartedness is no longer an option. Lukewarm following of Christ is no longer an option. You either have to dive into one or dive into the other, but you have to choose today which stream is going to carry you forward. As for me and my house, I am going to jive in deeper with the Lord. I'm gonna get swept up by his grace and swept up by his goodness. And I'm gonna stay in that water. I'm gonna stay in the streams that never run dry, the well that never runs dry. I'm gonna stay there. With, I am going to get swept up by something that will save my soul and not damage my home. So what happens though, listen, when we move in that opposite direction of the world, in other words, the life of a born again, Jesus-loving, scripture-believing person is going to look wildly different than the people around you. We've been able to blend in, quite honestly. Come on, we're like a, a bit of a chameleon sometimes. I can hang out with them, but you know, there's really not a lot of difference in my life and theirs. But that's changing, and I, I'm grateful for that for myself. But, there, but what happens when you start putting your feet on the rock, who is Christ Jesus, and the whole world is a stormy mess around you, you're gonna be fine, you're gonna stay steady, but there will come opposition. And so I wanna tell you about, the Bible talks about two kinds of suffering. And you need to write this one down, okay? There's, the Bible talks about both of these, and both of these come to us. I cannot prevent it from happening to any of us. The first kind of suffering is suffering from living in just a broken, messy, fallen world. I mean, we're, we're, we are pilgrims. We are sojourners walking through the land right now, right? We're headed to our permanent home. It's just not here yet. So in the meantime, all around us is stuff, stuff broken and messy and dark. And here we are. I do believe the kingdom of heaven is coming and has broken in and will come. The, Christ will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead and his kingdom will have no end. But in the meantime, we are now walking towards something and there is darkness around us. So they're suffering from just living in a fallen world. Here's the second one though, suffering from living in opposition to the world. There will come a time if it's not already here and I kinda actually think it's already here where we are going to have to be okay with being unpopular. I'm not, I'm not here to fight with people. I'm not here to argue with people. I'm actually here to live a life in front of you that's so compelling that you want to ask me more questions about Jesus. So I'm not here to argue, and I'm never up here mad or angry. I'm not. My heart's clean about that stuff. 
But I do want you to know, to follow Jesus is going to set you apart. And that's gotta be okay with us. It's gotta be okay to be wildly unpopular. And I, 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 here's what I want, this is why coming to church on Sunday is going to be, I'm not, I'm not gonna, I don't worry about people coming to church on Sunday. It's going to become such a part of your lifeline that you're not going to miss con- coming together with other believers. That, that's how dark the world's going to get. There may be some of you that go the entire week without meeting another Christian, another really good Jesus follower. You're not gonna wanna miss Sunday. You get into a room full of them, people that love you, hug you, pray for you, encourage you, strengthen you. This place is going to be filled with people needing hope every single weekend. I believe that the world, that's what we're living in. Okay, give me, let me go, go to verse 27. I got one more thing. Verse 27, I tell you the truth, some who are standing here will not taste death before they see the kingdom of God. Now this is wildly misinterpreted by some people as if there was that, that those men standing there would see his second return. That's not what Jesus is talking about there. He is saying, listen, as I leave you, as I ascend into heaven and send you the promised Holy Spirit, there are going to be plenty of moments in your future existence when the kingdom of heaven breaks in all around you to remind you that you're a citizen of that kingdom and to encourage you and to strengthen you. It happened this morning. When she told that story of the orphanage in Uganda and then started singing that song, I was in Uganda at an orphanage singing with a bunch of kids. Something happened in my soul when we sang that song. What, so I'm from the charismatic Pentecostal tradition and I think we have oversold the big epic event as that. That's not it. The kingdom of heaven breaking in is sometimes subtle Sometimes it feels like a whisper. Sometimes it feels like just God coming close to me. Sometimes it is miracles. Sometimes it is resurrection stories, healing stories, miracle stories, deliverance stories. I believe in all of that. But the kingdom of heaven breaks in all around us all the time. And we just need to have eyes to see it. So direction number four is a desire, a longing, Lauren called it a hunger this morning. I came, here, I came here this morning, she said, hungry. What is she hungry for? She's hungry for the kingdom of heaven to break in here and now. To know that God is with us. The kingdom of heaven is the realization that God is here, that he knows us, he wants to be with us. His power is available for us. That's the kingdom of heaven breaking in all around us. Listen, New Life Church, I know I'm, I'm highly caffeinated this morning. I've tried some new coffee, and uh, <laughs> I know I'm barking at you hard. But I was off last Sunday, so you know if I'm gone a Sunday and I come back, I'm, it's, just, it's like both barrels, okay? I'm so sorry. If you're new to church, I don't yell like this, and I'll try better coffee next Sunday, all right? But I'm so passionate about where we are as a church right now. I'm so encouraged, number one. But I'm so hopeful that the church is about to rise up in a godly way, that we're about to take on the mantle of ambassadors and witnesses, that we're about to be carriers of his grace in a profoundly new way in the world. That we're about to walk out of here with a new realization that your life matters for the kingdom of heaven. That your gifting, your skill, your purpose is 
desperately needed in the world right now. None of us have a ticket to sit on the sidelines anymore. All of us are being called into the game, into this moment, that his kingdom may come and his will may be done on earth as it is in heaven. Would you stand with me this morning? Stand up with me this morning. I wanna pray over you and for you, with you. And I wanna invite you this morning, some of you even watching online, I mentioned water baptism. I wanna invite some of you in the room today to say yes to Jesus. There's something stirring in you, your life is not making sense and you're searching, you're seeking. You may not be there now and I'm okay, but some of you have arrived at the conclusion that you can't save yourself. It was in August, 35 years ago, last month, 35 years ago, I was a senior in college. I had just started dating Pam and I have, I have been in church all my life, but I'd never really made Jesus Lord until one Saturday night, August, driving home was hot. It was like 149 with 120% humidity. It was awful. I mean, so it, it was easy to call me into heaven because I thought I was living in hell. And the Lord came into my vehicle as I was driving and opened my eyes for the, really the first time in my life and showed me my need for Jesus. And I prayed a very simple prayer. I'm gonna pray that prayer out loud with you right now. And I prayed a very, I mean, super simple prayer because the gospel is simple. We don't have to complicate this. All we have to do is believe and call upon the name of the Lord. All who call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. That's just so simple, right? So I remember that night I said, Father in heaven, I can't save myself. My life is a mess. I tried to fix it on my own. So I'm asking you today, would you come? I know who you are. I'm aware of your story. I've read your stories, but I wanna to belong to you. Would you adopt me? Call me into your family, I say yes to you. So Jesus, I say yes. Jesus, you are Lord from this day forward. Now fill me with the Holy Spirit and help me do my best by the power of your spirit to follow you all the days of my life. And just like that, it was something radically changed in my life. Now I prayed that prayer today. You pray that on your own, whenever you can pray it right now. And there's people around you that'll pray with you. But that's the good news of the gospel this morning. He's present, he is right here with us. God cannot come any closer to you than he is right now. He has gone to extravagant measures, extravagant lengths to come close to you. And I've got good news for you, God will not give up on you. God has not given up on you. Do you know that? Are you, are you, do you, are you aware that God, until your dying breath, will pursue you? He will go after you and you've not done one bad thing that's put you on some permanent naughty list in heaven, I can promise you. He is for you, he's with you. I, I just can't say that's too much. That's just such good news to the human condition right now. Uh, this is good news. I wanna pray for you today. Can, you, can we take a moment and just pray? I just feel a pastoral burden today to pray over you. Will you just let me pray over you as your pastor today? Father, I pray today for every marriage in the room. I pray that marriages here would thrive and flourish. And I pray, Lord, if there are broken, hurting marriages in the room, that you'd bring healing to them today. I pray for families in the room that are going through crisis today. 
or they feel a burden of guilt, they feel alone, they feel, they feel like all is lost. I pray today that, you, that hope would come back into their hearts today. I pray you would surround them with the goodness of the Lord and the grace of Jesus would overwhelm them today. I pray for every student in the room, every, every, everyone in college and high school and middle school and elementary school and preschool, all the students here today, I pray that you would guard their heart and mind. I pray you would stand next to them and be their guide. Their, that I pray that the Holy Spirit would, would saturate their soul. I pray that they would know you and follow you and serve you. Father, I pray for people in the room and watching online today that are sick. They need, they need healing. Maybe it's mental illness, physical illness. Father, I pray healing over the brain, healing over our bodies today. If that's you, just turn your hands toward heaven. Just receive, receive healing today if that's you. Father, today we believe that by your stripes we have been healed. And we receive healing. Everything that is broken, I pray, would be restored. Everything that's been damaged would be repaired. Father, I pray for singles in the room today. I pray that they would feel strong. They would feel connected. They would know that they right in the middle of your will. I pray you would guard them and keep them and watch over them. Everywhere they go, I pray that they would find the joy of the Lord, the goodness of God. Father, we thank you today that the kingdom of heaven is breaking in right now. And we pray this in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. All of you who serve the Lord's table, would you come down and be ready to serve us the cup and the bread today? We're gonna to sing this song. I asked them to sing this particular song today. It speaks so much of what we've talked about this morning. And as you're singing that, the ushers are gonna give you instructions to come down and take the cup and the bread. If you can't physically walk down, ask your neighbor to bring you one back. They will for a small fee, but they'll, they'll, they'll bring it back to you. But come and take the bread and take the cup. Hold it there, and in just a moment, Pastor Brad's gonna lead us to the table of the Lord. Come to the table of the Lord.
the sweet presence of the Lord this morning. So beautiful. Go ahead and grab your elements if you haven't already. We're gonna come to the table of the Lord, this table that he's invited us to, where we just get to relish the truth, the reality that Jesus laid his life down for us, for the sins of the world, for the restoration of all things. Oh, it's so good. We just breathe that truth in, that he gave his life for us, that we might know him, that we might be able to come before him with boldness, because we are his beloved. We have become the righteousness of Christ. At the table, we realize that we're on this journey, this journey from come and see to come and die, to come and be curious about Jesus and to get to know him, to learn all that he is, and then like him, we learn to do the same as he did, to die to ourselves and to lay our life down for his sake, to serve, to give, to bless, to strengthen others. It's a beautiful exchange. Our life, we die, and then he fills us with his life the resurrection life, the Jesus life, the full life, the filled life, the whole life, the good life, the Jesus kind of life. It was on the night that Jesus was betrayed that he shared this meal with his disciples and he took the bread and after he blessed it, he broke it and he said, this is my body given for you. Whenever you take it, Partake of it. Do it in remembrance of me. Let's take the bread together. And then after supper, he took the cup. And he said, this cup represents the covenant that I'm about to make with you. This covenant of love sealed in my blood to wash you, to cleanse you. Whenever you take it, do it in remembrance of me. Let's take the cup. And now church, let's celebrate the truth of his life inside of us.
This is one of those Sundays where I, I, I just don't want it to end. It's like, can we, just, can we just rinse and repeat that whole experience? It was amazing. The Lord is so good, doing so much inside of us, propelling us into the week ahead. I want to right now invite our prayer team to come forward. You know, you may feel like there's a ball game on your mind already that you're ready to go watch, um, but don't rush out of here. If you need prayer, come forward. You don't even have to tell them the specifics of what's going on in your life. You can just say, will you pray with me? You can tell them everything, but you just ask for prayer. Don't rush out of here. Also, if you walk out these doors into the left, we have a spot designated for you to connect. It's called Connect Central. And it's a place where you can learn more about the church, talk through what might be a good next step for you to get involved into the life of this place. Also, we have section community parties, section 12 and section two. Congratulations, you're having a party today, whether you knew it or not. Yeah, there's some people, you must be really hungry. I see you're like, yes, calories. I love calories. Um, If you're not in those sections, just sneak into their party. I mean, no one will ever know, right? Um, Anyway, I better close this service before I get out of control. Will you open your hands? I wanna pray a prayer of blessing over you. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May he make his face to shine upon you. May he lift up his countenance upon you and grant you his perfect peace. I bless you in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And together the church said, have a great week, guys. Blessings.